Hi, this is Regaline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Michelle Hoskins. Michelle Hoskins is a former educator, professional leadership development trainer, and a motivational speaker for more than 29 years. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Well, thank you, Gigi, and thank you for inviting me and for having me. I'm really excited to be a part of all the wonderful things that you're doing via your podcast. You're welcome. And it's an honor to have you here today. I know we just wrapped up our ugly sweater party and you won the contest for the ugliest sweater. And it was actually beautiful, by the way, with the amazing cow. I love it. <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And so we need to laugh. We need to remain joyful. And, you know, it's been a year. It's been a year, but we can still continue to laugh and have a lot of fun. That's right. Yes, ma'am. Now, can you tell us more about you and where you are from? Okay. I am from, uh, I'm, I actually grew up in Jackson, Michigan. I moved from Jackson, Michigan to Phoenix and from Phoenix here to San Antonio, Texas, where my husband and I, we reside now. And we have been here since 2004. And we actually moved from San Anto from Phoenix to San Antonio to become entrepreneurs, uh, franchisees um, with a franchise system. And a whole lot of other things has happened um, during that time period. You already talked about my background and the things that I've been able to accomplish. So you can see that I've had a busy career so far, <laughs> just keeping myself busy and trying to do the things that I really enjoy. I love it. Now, tell us more about what inspired you to become a leadership development trainer. Well, one of the things that I was really... Um, one of the things I really, really wanted to do is to make a difference in young people's lives. And there was obstacles that were presented to me as I was growing up, just the, the mere fact of being a person of color. And I was determined I wasn't going to let those things stand in the way of me pursuing my dream. Well, for a lot of young people, they don't have the drive and determination because they will allow some things to set them back. And I was determined. I was like, you know, there's no stopping me now. I, I have to be able to make a difference in other people's lives. And the only way that I could do that was to be able to make a difference in my own life. And so I was determined very, very young that I was going to start a business. My first business was called the Brilliant Basket Company. And that company, I made gift baskets before gift baskets were popular. You name the season, I was smart. I looked on the calendar. If there was a holiday, I made a basket for that. I sold them at work. I sold them at church. I sold them at community events. I went to uh, back back of the day. We used to have farmers markets. I would go to the farmers market and set up a table and I would sell them. And um, I made business cards on my own computer, you know, just to let people know that I had this service available to them. Well, I ended up selling that company after Paul and I got uh, married. And then we decided to pursue some other things, the franchise and whatnot. And then that led from, to another franchise opportunity, which led to another franchise opportunity, um, because one of the things that we were adamant about was trying to make sure that we created revenue streams. The one big mistake that we made as we started in our professional career with franchise system is we put all of our eggs in one basket. And we wanted to make sure that wherever we go and whatever we do, we don't make, we don't, we don't allow other people to make some of the same mistakes that we made. Therefore, that's how I really got into leadership because there's a lot of mistakes that you can really make along the way. And if I can prevent somebody, um, a friend of mine used to sing this song in church called If I Can Help Somebody, If I Can Help Anybody. Um, and it just, that song always resonated with me. And I just said, if I can help somebody, if I can help anybody, my living will not be in vain. And so that's how I really got involved in leadership is that I was determined to help somebody, regardless, male, female, whoever needed the help to be able to extend the olive branch and just say, hey, I'm here to help you. You know, here's a book you need to read. Here's a class you need to take. Here's wise counsel that you need to see. You know, whatever it was that they were in need of, I was there to try to provide it for them. Very powerful. Now, tell us more about your books. You have several. <laughs> <laughs> just a few. Well, the first book that... Um, 
And it's really funny because I went through a box the other day. I didn't realize I used to journal quite a bit and I used to put all my thoughts on paper and people don't really understand the power of journaling. When you go back and you reflect on it, everybody has a book. Everybody has a story that they need to tell. And so as I'm going back through this big box of journals that I had, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I wrote that. You know, how come I didn't publish it? You know, now it's going to become part of um, something else, you know, the blog or the podcast. But needless to say, the first book that we wrote, I was actually working on my dissertation and the twins, we have uh, we had, have twins. And at the time, I think they were like five years old or something like that. And they were like, mommy, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm working on a book. It's called a dissertation. And they were like, well, what's it about? At the time, it was about compassion fatigue and how we, when we're serving other people, we don't realize how we get tired because we're so compassionate. And people really don't understand the whole um, impetus behind compassion fatigue. And so my son said, well, I don't have compassion fatigue, but I got a story to tell. And I was like, well, what's the story? He said, well, it's about my pet dinosaur. And I was like, what pet dinosaur? The one that was in his closet. My daughter chimed in and said, it's our imaginary friend. Mom, his name is Hank. So needless to say, the story took off from there. And it's a children's book. And uh, me being a former educator, I was able to take just that concept that they gave me about this dinosaur named Hank. I was able to take that concept and I was able to write a book, a children's book that we use in pre-K for three. It has every sight word. It has every color. It has everything that any child under the age of five needs. If they're starting Head Start, if they're starting pre-K four, they're starting pre-K, pre-K three. So the dinosaur wears a mustache. It's an easy read book. Um, what we do right now through our other company called Grant Us Grace. Um, Grant Us Grace is named after the twins. That's their middle names. Um, we take that book into the public schools, all the pre-K schools, and we, we do readings. And we give the kids, any kid that wants it, we give them a copy of the book because making sure that they're prepared to succeed through pre- pre-K and ready for kindergarten is really, really important to us. And that's the way that we give back to the community with that book. There's two other books that I've been a part of. There's an anthology, which is called Rich Relationships. And that's really a a book that talks about, um, it's a group of authors. And we talk about the things that people need to help keep their marriages together. And um, Renee and Gil Beavers, who actually started the Rich Relationships, I call it a movement. Um, They're really committed to obliterating divorce. And that's one of the things that Paul and I have always been very, very adamant about is what can we do to try to help people understand that when you make a commitment to a marriage, you not only commit to each other, but you commit to God. There's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times. But how do you get through that? And so there's a whole anthology of different types of stories that people are trying are telling about what, you know, some of the good things that they've gone through, some of the bad things, but how they use their faith, you know, to get through it. The other way is speak your way through success to success, which is um, part of the speaker series. Um, I'm featured in that one also. And I basically talk about um, our new book that's going to be coming out probably spring of next year. It's all about love that works, works. And we, Paul and I, we wrote that book, Paul's my husband. We wrote that book because we really wanted people to know it doesn't matter what you do. You have to love it. If you love it, it's going to work. It's just that simple. The mere fact that we love each other and we, we've been working together, believe it or not, since 2004. And uh, <laughs> with the pandemic, we're in the same office right now. So sometimes it comes, it be, you know, comes a little dicey, especially when you have two people on a Zoom call and your kids are on a Zoom call. But we've learned because we love each other and we love what we do. We love the fact that we're entrepreneurs and we're in charge of our destiny. We've learned very, very fast that there's certain things that we can do, certain things that we can't do, but we still love what we do. And so we learned how to manage that. You know, if he has to go upstairs or out to the garage or out to the yard or whatever, or out to the car, we just, we make it work. And that's part of the love that works, works. You just, you just. I love it. And now Rosalind Willis says, yes, hubby and I as well, self-movement, 
very powerful. Thank you for listening in and joining us, Rosalind. <laughs> very yeah. powerful. Now, Michelle, tell us more about the major challenge that you had to overcome in your life, such as breast cancer. Um, hey, I got a praise report. And, uh, you know, challenges are just opportunities to make us better. And um, I found out on August 4th of this year that I had breast cancer, but I was one of those people that was determined that even though I might have this infirmity, because that's all it was, is a thorn in my flesh as far as I was concerned. Even though I had it, I wasn't going to let it have me. And so I did something most people probably would kind of frown on. I spoke life into myself from the beginning, from the day that I saw the radiologist and she said, you've got to go see the oncologist. I said, I am not going to let this weigh me down. It is what it is. There's women that have got many, many, many millions of women that have gone before me that have beat this. I am more than a conqueror. I spoke life. I spoke scripture. I prayed. I started a blog on Facebook. Um, not a blog. I'm sorry. I started a Facebook page called Chemo Chronicles, of which people go on and they're posting comments and they followed me through that journey. So I built a pipeline of people that could help uplift me and that could challenge me and you know, I never had a down day. I mean, when I tell you I never had a down day, it's because I had the right perspective. And the one thing I think that's most important, and my doctor, the oncologist told me this, she wanted to hire me as a matter of fact, to talk to some of her patients because she couldn't believe how I was taking the, what they call bad news. Well, I don't think there's any bad news. There's no bad news. There's things that happen in life, but there are opportunities to prepare us for something even greater. I would have never thought that I would get cancer during COVID. I just, I just would not have. But at the same time, it happened. There's nothing that I could do to change it. I couldn't change the prognosis, but what I could change was my perspective. And my perspective was, I'm going to get through this. This is a season of me not being able to go anywhere. It's a season of isolation. And God was actually working on me. And I didn't realize that there was things that he was doing in and through me to better me and to better my family long-term. So even though it was physically debilitating at times, there's doors of opportunity that is open as a result of that. You know, for me being able to talk to other people and tell them, you know, yeah, you can beat this. You know, I can't tell, I'm not a doctor. I don't prescribe to be a doctor, but what I can tell people is mentally and in your heart and spiritually what you can do to get from point A to point B to where I'm at right now where I'm cancer free. So I thank God for that. Amen. Thank God. Now you and you mentioned God quite often here. Mm -hmm. So how important is your relationship with God to you? There is no other relationship more important to me than God. And it's so funny because, you know, I, I have a saying that I, I speak to myself every day and it says my, opti my optimism wears heavy boots. I walk real hard and loud because I have purpose. And that really comes from Romans 8:28. All things work together, not some things, but all things work together for, for good. And so when I think about that, our God is intentional. He's very, very intentional. And even though we're in the season of COVID and our business um, is literally it's, it's struggling. It's on life support. God's going to provide. We're not, we're not even worried about it. You know, things are going to return back to normal one day, whatever normal is going to look like. But at the same time, you know, I, I'm being given opportunities to do things I've never done before. And he's launching me catapult. Actually, I mean, you talk about leapfrog from the familiar to the unfamiliar. And it's actually all working out pretty good because I'm still able to be at home. I've been able to be at home with my children during this time period because they've been in virtual learning mode because their school was closed. Um, but to be able to be here with them, like my mom was there for me when I was growing up, it's just invaluable. Absolutely incredible. Now, And you mentioned COVID occurring. How important is it to pivot during a time like this? 
Well, you know, there's going to be blind spots. There's going to be blind spots in business. And what people don't really understand about the blind spots in business, and Paul and I, we talk about this all the time and about having an alternative revenue stream. And like I said, initially, when we started our business, uh, this last business, the business before this, one of the things that we didn't do because we were making money, we were making a lot of money. We didn't have a backup plan. And we put everything that we had, we put all of our eggs in, a, in one basket. I would never recommend anybody to do that because what will happen is when you hit a blind spot like COVID, and it doesn't even have to be COVID, it could be something that just involves a down, downturn in the economy that could affect your profitability. When that happens, you have to figure out your landlord still has to be paid. Your bank loans still have to be paid. Your employees still have to be paid. You have debt structures. You have all types of things. insurance. There's all types of things that still have to be paid. And unless you're going to file bankruptcy and close your doors, which I don't, I don't recommend anybody do that. You still have obligations that you have to meet. And so when you think about that, if you have a backup plan, whatever that backup plan might be, it could, it could be another business venture, but something to support yourself and your family so that you can maintain your lifestyle is real important to have that in place. And a lot of times we don't do that because we get so excited about having our own business, about being an entrepreneur and being in the right place and being part of the movers and the shakers that we tend to forget. There's that one missing element called the backup plan because back in the day when I came out of college, the big thing was have three months worth of salary saved up in the bank. Well, that three months went to six months. That six months went to one year. Now they're telling people to have five years worth of salary saved up. So think about people that are in this season of COVID that have no income coming in, have nothing, just have nothing. But if they had that backup plan or if they had residual income from writing a book or they have residual income from consulting, you know, uh, whatever the revenue, the other revenue stream would be, they wouldn't have to be suffering and they wouldn't have to worry about how to pay the bills. So it's really, really important. And um, those blind spots, they will happen. And the blind spot could just be an employee that's stealing from you. Uh, we've been down that road and had to terminate somebody before. And it, it was painful because you trust people. Um, but we learned a lot. We learned a lot really, really fast about that. You have to be careful because um, there's only so many cents in a dollar. And you have to be able to control those those cents that are in a dollar so that you can make, maintain your lifestyle as well as take care of those. You know, we had 200 employees that we were responsible for. And so to have somebody stealing from you, they weren't just stealing from you, but they were stealing from our employees as well. And so we had to shut that down. We had to regroup, you know, but that was one of those hiccups, one of those speed bumps that we got over. Very powerful. Now, what is your why that keeps you going? The why that keeps me going is I was determined that, um, I wasn't going to get into business to make money. That's the number one thing. It wasn't to make money. It was to make a difference. It was to make a difference in my community. It was to make a difference in my family. I'm the first child of my mom's to graduate from college. Not only did I graduate from college, I was the first one to obtain a doctorate degree. And I was the first one in my entire family to start a business. So for the, my whole generation, all my family members, I'm the only one that owns my own business. So that's part of my why. And to be able to share that success story with others, to give them hope. I came from a broken family. And even though I came from a broken family, I still completed college. You know, I still started my own business. And, you know, I married a great guy. I have great kids. You know, I live in a nice house. But all those things came in time because of, number one, because of my faith and because of my drive and determination. So that why, my drive and determination, anybody can have. It might not look the same, but it can turn out to be the same. It's just a matter of what's important to you. And what's important to you in terms of me, what's important to me is I wanted to see families have fun. I wanted to hear people laugh. I wanted to see kids like in our parks right now when they come in, there's nothing more gratifying than to have um, an 80 year old lady on your sky rider running you know, across the entire building 
you know, and she's just having fun and everybody's like, look at grandma, you know, and it's just the laughter and the joy. We don't laugh like that anymore. You know, I remember being on, um, what do you call it? The carousel with my grandma when I was little, you know, and hearing her laugh, just returning back to think some of the ways that we used to have fun back in the day. And so my biggest why is being able to restore the family back to that period of laughter, that period of fun, that period of rejuvenation, where we forget about everything that's going on outside the world. And we just focus on that quality time with our families. Amen. Very inspiring. Now, was there a time in your life where you experienced an aha moment? An aha moment. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I've had a lot of, aha. well, when I found out I was pregnant with twins, <laughs> um, aha moment because, you know, I was told I was too old, you know, that I would never have children, but I never gave up on God. You know, you talk about faith. I never gave up on God. And, um, you know, God is real. And he showed me that he was real. And what's really, really awesome about um, having the twins, not only did I get pregnant, but I got pregnant with twins. Um, and that was just so, so awesome. Um, because he showed me that, you know, they that wait on the Lord should renew their strength, you know, Isaiah 40, 31. And that was just so important to me because it was after I found out that I was pregnant. Yeah. And I remember saying to God, going to him praying and I'm like, okay, I have the business. I have the house. I have the car. I have the husband. I have the college degree. I remember saying, what else? God, what else? And it wasn't like I was giving up on life, but I was just, I was kind of challenging him. You know, he says, put me to the test. You don't have enough windows. I didn't have enough windows because I had no idea that he was going to give me a double blessing. <laughs> but at the same time, I've just, that was truly an aha moment. You got to be careful what you ask for because we had no family out here. So it was just my husband and myself, you know, um, our pa's mother came, my mother came, but you know, they only come for like a week when you first have your children and then they're gone. And then we're, we're like, what do we do now? You know, crying. And the funniest aha moment for me was one night, Paul and I, we would trade places. So one night it was his responsibility to get the twins because one of the babies was crying. And so I said, the baby is crying. And he went to get one of the twins and he came back, put the, what we thought was the baby next to us in the bed, but the baby kept crying. And I was like, Paul, the baby's still crying. And he says, no, baby's right here. Well, it wasn't the baby. It was a teddy bear. And so he picked up the teddy bear thinking it was the baby and forgot about the baby. And it was like, aha, you know what? We got to love that works, works. We got to work this together. Okay. You take that child. I'll take that child. Forget this splitting up. This is just how, you know, we're going to have to do it. So we traded places, you know, in terms of like our marriage, especially during COVID, we traded places in terms of our with our responsibilities with the business, because once I got sick, once I had this issue, um, I was really limited. I can't, I'm still in a period of isolation for the next six weeks. I can't be around people. And the biggest change for me is going from having a constant stream of income to no income. It's, it's been really tough since March, but you know, it's an aha moment because God continues to provide. Amen. God is truly great. Now tell us more about what gives you the most happiness in your life. What gives me the most happiness in my life is my family. And you know, we have our ups and we have our downs, um, but they're all that we have. They're, they're all that we have. And it's so funny because I saw on Facebook today that one of my cousins has another set of twins. There's like 12 or 13 sets of twins in my family. Yeah, I know my dad was a twin and, you know, they say it skips a generation. Well, that's a lie. Don't believe that. Ladies do not believe that it's going to skip a generation. If it's your time to have twins, you will have twins. Needless to say, when I had the twins, I started getting all these stories and text messages and emails. Oh, you know, so-and-so have a set of twins too. And I'm like, I started counting. I'm like, wow, there's all these twins in the family. That's just unbelievable. But just to think back that the doctor said I was too old, that, you know, remember that old maid, you know, after 30, you're an old maid, you're too old to have children. 
Um, and I didn't believe that. And I'm really glad that I did not believe that because he had a plan that was so much bigger than what the doctors saw or what the doctors could say. And so I'm glad I held onto my faith in that I believe in a higher power. You know, I know he created the doctors, but I'm glad that I believe in a higher power and I just held close to his word in terms of where he was going and what he was going to do with my life. Amen. Very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Be you, you know, and um, usually I have a bumblebee. I have a bumblebee on my, my lapel, but it's Christmas. So, you know, you get you get the big boot of Texas. Oh, everything in Texas. But um, see my Texas boot? Yes. So remember what I talked I was talking about earlier. I, I said earlier, you know, I, I wear heavy boots. I wear really heavy boots. I walk really, really heavy because I walk with divine purpose. And it's really funny. Uh, when I walk into a room, I walk in like I own the place because I'm being me. I'm just being me. And and I learned the hard way that when you compromise and you try to be something that you're not, you just make yourself unhappy. But you have to be you. And you're not always going to be popular. You're not always going to get invited to the party or to the coffee shop for tea or whatever, but it doesn't matter. You have to be where God wants you to be. But the most important thing is that you have to be you. Continue just to be you and let him use you because he's faithful. You know, you make your, your plans known to him. He'll make sure that they succeed. Amen. God is truly great. Again, I, very powerful. Michelle, thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. I truly appreciate you. Now, where can the audience find you? They can find me on Facebook under Michelle Hoskins. Now, there is another Michelle Hoskins out there. I am not the lady that sells honey to uh, or syrup to, to Denny. So don't call me asking me for syrup. That's not me. But it's Michelle, Michelle with one L Hoskins. You can find me on Facebook. You can Google me. If you Google me, it comes it comes up. But just make sure you put the one L in it. You can um, also look at my MaintainMomentum.com website. You can also find me at Love That Works Works if you want to look me up there. So um, or you can send me an email if you like to Michelle. I think it's Michelle underscore Hoskins at ymail.com. So there's several ways to find me. You can find me through the books if you'd like to do that, or they can call you for my telephone number if they need to reach me. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Michelle at maintainmomentum.com and her social media handles. And remember, there's two Michelle Hoskins on Facebook. So be careful and make sure it's this one, this amazing woman. And Michelle, thank you again so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. Well, thank you. And God's blessings to you and to your family, especially during this holiday season. Likewise.